Welcome to episode number 35 of Preston Jensen's podcast. I'm your host, Preston Jensen. Tonight, we're joined with a very special guest. You may know her from YouTube, podcasting, or live streams. Uh, her name is Heather Ramirez. Uh, Heather, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey on YouTube and being a content creator. Yeah, sure. So uh, I got started in April of 2016. Basically, I came up with the idea of trying to start a business promoting digital literacy, having no idea how that was going to look like or how to start or or just really, you know, not even like my first step. And because it was this crazy decision, I had quit my job. I, I felt like I was, you know, kind of uh, embarking on this new frontier. I thought it would be cool to document that journey on YouTube. Um, my previous job was at a, a private school for grades 6 through 12. And there's this kid named Tom who I like to joke around that he was my boss. Totally different from husband Tom, obviously. <laughs> but um, this Tom, he introduced me to a very special person named Casey Neistat um, and told me what a vlog was and was like, oh, watch these videos, watch these videos. And it was just like, I saw the format that Casey was using. I thought of kind of the journey that I wanted to document. And I was like, this is so cool. Like I want to try to do something with this. I have no idea what it's going to look like. Um, but I took it and ran with it I ha and I've just been going ever since. Um, and as for the business, the best way to promote digital literacy for me was actually to just share my story on YouTube because people would find my videos and they'd be like, Oh, I want to try to make that for my own, you know, life perspective thing that I'm obsessed with, what have you. Uh, and now I'm a YouTube coach. So I help people share their stories on YouTube. And uh, that's one of the reasons I really like your channel is you're constantly giving away little secrets about how to build your channel. Uh, I know your recent content that I've been doing a deep dive in is all the canvas stuff. Uh, what's, yeah. <laughs> your, what's your favorite part about Canva Pro? I just signed up for that. Uh, what are some of the features that you, you got to have? Um, my favorite thing is the background mover, which sounds so basic, um, especially if you use Photoshop, because I'm sure it's a one-click thing in there too. Um, and I know there's other free programs, but um, it's just, it's nice that, you know, it's a simple thing that makes it really easy to use. So I removed the background um, and there's a lot of, there were a lot of times when I used Canva that I wanted to use an element, but I couldn't because it was pro. And I was like, God, I should just upgrade to pro. I can't believe I haven't already. Um, so I'm so glad that I did. <laughs> that was actually the main reason I wanted to switch to Pro 2 is that background remover. And since I switched, I was very pleased with how well it works. Um, yeah. Before I got the Pro, I was experimenting with an app called ClipDrop. I don't know if you've seen mm -hmm. that before, um, mm -hmm. but it's an app on your phone where you're able to take a picture of something. It'll remove the background and you're able to essentially airdrop it over to your computer. And so oh. I, I'd use that. I'd bring the image with the transparent background into Canva, and then I'd kind of bypass the pro version that way. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it definitely saves me a step. And after I started using that clip drop, I noticed that you only get five free clip drops. So oh. after that, you've <laughs> got to pay for that as well. So I thought if I'm going to pay for one thing, I may as well just streamline my yeah. workflow and use it on, on the same platform. But, uh, uh, what other softwares do you use to create? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, I was going to say TubeBuddy is also like my go-to. 
Um, I use Notion for my planning. So okay. I have pretty much every single video I've ever created archived with the last time that I optimized the video, the thumbnail, the description, um, just so that I can, you know, if I come up with an idea, especially for the tutorial channel, um, I want to make sure that I'm not repeating myself or I'm building off of something that's already there. So it's nice to kind of just like look at the library. Um, I would definitely say Notion's, a, you know, probably Notion, TubeBuddy, and Canva are my top three musts. So uh, another thing that I like about your channel is you just recently did a 31-day challenge. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that challenge. Was it tough? Uh, did you see a huge increase of subscribers and uh, stuff like that with that challenge? Yeah, so um, I, I have tried to do a daily vlog, daily upload challenge in the past multiple times <laughs> across the four or five years I've been doing this. And it felt stressful every single time, but for some reason this time didn't, even though I think the furthest before that that I had gotten was 14 days, maybe just two weeks. And then, you know, pretty much doubled that. And for some reason it didn't feel, I don't know if it was just all the experience or I was just, you know, in a better headspace or what, but it didn't feel stressful like at all. I was very excited to do it. In terms of traffic increase, um, I think what it did was it really built, it cultivated the community that I'm trying to cultivate more, if that makes sense. So um, I hadn't really been uploading very regularly before that. So everyone who kind of subscribed for an older thing may have unsubscribed, which I was actually okay with because I'm trying to like redirect people into kind of a rebrand. Um, so I felt like the, the community was called a little bit instead of all this massive growth. Uh, but the thing that I got out of it the most was really it developed my, my, um, you know, tech skills a lot better because I've upgraded everything, especially like, you know, Tom is, is the photo, the video audio guy. And I've just been pushing back on using all this fancy tech because it's like totally intimidating to me. I was like, no, I just want to use point and shoot everything, auto everything, but you know, like just one little thing here and there, I started to upgrade. So I really got good at just upping the, the production level. But also I think the thing that I really discovered in those 31 days was my purpose because, you know, I started my channel as just like a journal. I, I just wanted to have a place to, to document my journey, the ups, the downs, and that was it. And I didn't really, I don't think I had really a vision of, you know, what I want it to be. Um, but, but making all these like ideas that had been sitting on the table, trying new things in such a short amount of time really helped me figure out like, okay, this is what, this is why I started, you know, like I have so much fun doing this. People have fun watching. I love advocating for the content creator community. You know, I just want to keep doing this. And it was just nice to, to feel that um, kind of reinvigoration. I guess that I just needed at the time, especially. Right. I've found that, you know, even with this podcast that I, I upload it every week and every week I'm thinking, Oh, what can I talk about? You know, that content creator block. Uh, did you have that yeah. at all during that 31 days or did you sit down before the challenge and lay out what you were going to do each day? So I, I came up with the idea for the challenge probably two days before. Oh man. Um, yeah, I was like Thanksgiving and I was like, oh, that'd be crazy. I wouldn't actually do it though, because that's insane. And then I was like, well, 
why not? Like, what, what would be my reason not to do it? Um, and I couldn't think of a good reason. So I was like, all right, so I, I have to do it. And so I just took a piece of paper and I was like, let me just, let me just write down some ideas. I knew some would just be organic. Like I would think about it on day 15, like the idea would come with me, but I was like, all right, let me, let me just write, write down some ideas. And I would say probably half the ideas I wrote down, I didn't end up using. I even recorded some of it and I didn't end up, I didn't end up publishing it because again, it was like going back down to the purpose. So before I, I really uh, treated my channel as just a vlog variety channel. We've got dogs on here. We've got Tom and I getting married. We've got, you know, everything, but trying to approach my channel with like, okay, we are on YouTube. And if we want to make an impact on viewers who have no idea who I am, I have to keep that in mind. And there has to be a cohesive story and a cohesive brand. And so half the ideas that I had come up with didn't fall in line with that, you know? And, and that's what I mean, how this challenge really helped me figure out like, what should I post? What should I not post? Probably more importantly, what should I not post? Um, I have ADHD. My mind has like a thousand ideas at all times. And so I think my uh, channel is a true reflection of how scatterbrained I can be um and I just want to be able to kind of hone in on the story that I'm telling yep I can answer your question <laughs> yeah yeah it, that works I appreciate that uh I know for my own channel I have that same problem I've got so many hobbies and so much stuff I want to make content about but still at the same time I'm kind of jealous of those channels that have that niche where they talk about oh, the same thing gosh. every day they've just got it set up that's what they do, you know, they're known for something. And so that's important to talk about the rebranding that you've got. And it seems like you're finding your channel. But, uh, you know, that's uh, one of the things that I appreciate about Casey Neistat is it seems like he does talk about all his hobbies and it seems like he ties them all together in one cohesive story, which is very hard to do. I, uh, I would love to do something like that someday, but, uh, Tell us a little bit about yeah. the branding side of things, I guess. Uh, I know I've noticed with your thumbnails, with your, uh, even looks like your fonts and stuff, it's all <laughs> coming into one brand. Uh, tell us yeah. all the work that goes into that, because I know it's not just something that happens overnight. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an evolution, especially since, you know, like if you look back to my old stuff, totally different. I didn't have purple hair, you know, it's like, purple now I feel like is such a big part of my brand um and, and really you know it, it's been an interesting journey because like my first phase I had no idea what I was doing in terms of entrepreneurship yet alone content creation and finding my voice and my space and all of that then um it was this other phase of like oh these are what other youtubers look like and do and you know act like and what their channels look like and all of that and so I was like really comparing myself to people and I didn't need to do that. And so I think I kind of um, tried to follow in their footsteps. And so you can kind of see that into how I, my, my brand started to evolve. Um, and I would say like, finally, I kind of just fell into a place that not only am I branding myself in, in, a, in a way that I wanna be known for and that I'm proud of, but it really is unique to me. So like even, being a YouTube coach, I, I think very deeply about like why me and not all the other YouTube coaches out there. 
Um, and I think I've really been able to, to lean in on like, okay, look, if you want to be Mr. Beast or someone with like millions of subscribers, there are people for that. But for me, I really want to work with someone who that necessary, that isn't necessarily the primary goal, but it's really about finding your voice and figuring out how to share your story through this medium, through this community. Like it isn't as easy as just picking up a camera. I can tell you because I've done it. I tried that, yep. you know, so fi finding all of that kind of experimenting um, and realizing how I'm different, all that, I think it just took, it just took the time, you know, it was like, it just needed to take the time that it did. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like how, I don't, I don't know, like how to explain that to someone very quickly. Like, obviously when it comes to whatever channel it is that you're creating, you want to do the five, 10 second test where someone looks at your channel, someone looks at your podcast or website or what have you, and they should be able to describe what you do and what you're about to somebody else just within five and 10 seconds. Right. Um, but yeah, it's going to evolve. <laughs> I, I think that answer ties in very well with what you've got at the top of your YouTube page. And that for our listeners is helping you create your corner of the internet on YouTube. I think that explanation really, um, that, that does dial it in for anyone who goes to your channel. Um, let's switch up gears here a little bit uh, and talk about live streams. And do you think that's the future of YouTube? I know you do a lot of live streaming. Uh, what goes into live streaming? Is that harder than creating content for YouTube? Uh, I know there's a lot that goes into that as well. For live streams, I don't think, I don't think it'll ever take over, but I definitely think it has a place. Um, just, you know, I think the beauty about YouTube is, is the authenticity that viewers feel when they watch the, their favorite creators. Um, people, people kind of sniff out stuff that's manufactured and they're turned off by that. And live stream takes that to the extreme because it, it's in real time. You can, you know, truly interact with people. They, they can influence the conversation and what's happening, uh, but I also do think there's just certain stories or certain things that you can't communicate without having edits. Right. <laughs> so yep. um, in terms of, is it harder? It, it isn't harder, but it isn't easier either. It's just like completely different muscles. I'll tell you, um, Tom and I have our live stream podcast every Thursday. It's just called the couples table and like when it's over, we're just exhausted. You know, like you're on, you're answering questions, you're making sure that the uh, conversation doesn't die. Um, you know, like it, it is very genuine also because we want it to be that way, but we're also very conscious of like, people are spending their, you know, evenings with us and we don't right. want to be boring, you know? <laughs> so, yep. Oh, you're definitely not um, boring. Yeah, so uh, I'm definitely one of those people <laughs> who tune in every week uh, as much as I can. I know I kind of pop in and out all the time, but uh, sure. it's very entertaining. And uh, go back to your very first live stream. How stressful was it going live for the very first time? I guess I'm oh in God. general, I'm kind of a shy guy and I always think, man, that, once you're on live, it's just, it's gotta be an incredible amount of pressure. It, I'll tell you, it's not as bad as you think, like at all. If all right. anything, it's very unexciting. Okay. No one's going to watch, especially for your first live stream. Um, but I remember, oh my God, my first, I was so terrified. <laughs> I was just so scared. I had gone live when Facebook live 
was released like the first day. Cause I was like, I have to, I have to be the one <laughs> to try this and tell people how to do it. Um, and it was just so strange. Like people were popping in and saying things and reacting to things behind me and around me. That was so weird, but um, yeah, it's fun. It's cool. It's, it's not scary at all. <laughs> and it also has to be fun when you've got a dedicated community that seems like they tune in every week. And it's almost like, uh, I know with your channel, it seems like you're just catching up with your friends uh, yeah. uh, every week. And uh, that's got to be cool to have a community that's so dedicated to your channel. Um, yeah. Do you have any hobbies outside of content creation? I do. Um, video games. Okay. I'm a gamer. Have been for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually know that from Tom's podcast because I asked, what would you rather have, Xbox or the PlayStation? And he said, actually, neither. He'd go with Nintendo Switch. So is that yeah. what your answer would be for that as well? Um, if we're talking current generation of consoles, yes. Yep. yep. Um, but I was a big fan of the PS2. Okay. So. How about yeah. the older, the NES and stuff like that? When the did Super you, Nintendo Super was probably Nintendo? My, my favorite yep. old school, yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, what what are your some of your favorite games? Mario Brothers or what? Uh... Um, so my favorite game of all time is Chrono Trigger, which is an RPG that was on Super Nintendo about time travels. Wow. Amazing game. Um, as of like new, new, um, like recently released games, there's this game called Persona 5 Royal which is my second favorite game of all time. Fantastic. Um, and then probably the, I mean, the one I just played yesterday is a uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Okay. Like Breath of the Wild spinoff. Yeah. And these are all Nintendo Switch games, I'm guessing? Um, the, the Breath of the Wild spinoff is. Okay. Persona 5 is on the PlayStation. Okay. Yeah, and all right. Triggers on Super Nintendo, and I know <laughs> I can uh, talk games like all day. I, well, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, okay, I'm really into games too, but I'm into a different genre of games. I like the sports games. Uh, have you ever uh, played uh, NBA Jam? Mm -mm. Not even the old one. No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, and I know I, I'm like not into sports, but I know it's a good. I know it's like a very popular game. Right. Yep. And how about? Uh, Tom was telling me about a game you guys like to play too. What is it? Animal Crossing or? Uh, oh yeah. He's still playing something that, like, like that. <laughs> yep. I've, uh, we just got a Nintendo, Nintendo switch. So we haven't got into all of that quite yet, but, uh, hopefully we can find a game that we, we really like. We've been playing all the old games that it comes with, like the original yeah. Mario brothers and the original, you know, link and stuff like that or Zelda. So, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as gaming goes, have you ever thought about starting like a Twitch channel or streaming? Or maybe you already do. I dipped my toe. Okay. Um, but it's just, it's just, it feels like it's going to take a lot. Or this was like a year ago, but I, I tried it. I liked it. I love the community there, but it just seemed like, because it's live stream. So the yep. only way oh is to just constantly live stream. And it just, I don't know. I, it's just not my, it seems like when I, I watch those <laughs> feeds, the same people are online playing all day. And it seems like, yeah. oh, 
I would get burnt out of that too quickly. So I admire the people who can do it because it would be a challenge. But uh, also another thing that's intimidating is everyone is unbelievable. I I usually like to play games just for fun, to visit with my friends and whatnot. And uh, those guys are, uh, a lot of those Twitch people are just elite. So (laughs) I know I'm right. Not See, be... and I just couldn't figure out how to differentiate myself. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not, <laughs> this is like, not, I feel like I'm in someone else's like club. Yep. So do you, <laughs> do you play Fortnite or any games like that, that I know those are very popular, um, a call no. of duty war zone or anything like that. No, I don't. I'm definitely like old school gamer. Oh. Um, like if Twitch was out when world of Warcraft was huge, okay. I yep. would have been all about that. Okay. Yeah, it's a very but, interesting uh, uh, community, and I, I think I heard on the radio yesterday that uh, this is the first year that video games surpassed uh, music. Uh, people would rather play video oh, wow. games and listen to music, and uh, I don't know if that stat is fact, but I thought, man, that's very interesting if it's true. But uh, I mean, I believe it, especially since, like, you know, with the world being the r- way it is, r- it's like, well, how else are we going to? Right. Like with quarantine and stuff, that's the only way we can uh, contact our friends, basically. So Mm -hmm. uh, going back to the live streaming thing, uh, do you have any embarrassing moments you'd like to share uh, as far as the live stream goes or or actually just podcasting or creating in general? Do you have any embarrassing moments that come to mind? That's a good question. I, I think of one and this was one of my early live streams when like again this is live stream was new um like mass access to live streaming was new um there there was i think everyone has an idea of what a live stream looks like when we think of the word live stream but back then it was just like what is this so i took my cell phone put it on a selfie stick and i i walked to like a kind of like a downtown street next to where i lived there's bars, there's restaurants, there's shopping. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this live stream in front of everybody in public because I, I just wanted to like experiment. So, um, it's probably like nine 30 at night, maybe 10 o'clock. And I was holding my selfie stick and there were people jumping onto the live stream and they were just like fascinated by, Oh, we can tell Heather what to do and she'll do it. Um, and so people were like, oh, show us where you are. And I showed them where it was. And this other person was like, hey, go to that bar and ask the bouncer to like get you in. And I was like, oh my God, I can't like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. They're not going to let me in. Like, I'm not, this is like my little selfie stick on my cell phone. Like, I'm, there's no way they're going to let me in. They're like, oh, do it. And of course he riled up everyone in the chat and was like, do it, do it, do it. And then they were like giving me a script to say like, oh, pretend that you're with the press or something and like you have a media pass or something. So of course I tried it and just failed. (laughs) He was just like, no, you're not getting in here. Um, And I was like, really? Like, look, I'm live. People are here. And he was like, no. Okay, Well, maybe with the way things are today, if you told him you're a big time YouTuber or something, you probably could get in. But uh, yeah, but I I, mean, I think also cameras in places mm -hmm. is more um, is like more normal now. Right. Yep. Four years ago, it was like weird. So and so tell me this. Do you bring your camera with you everywhere? Do you film everything uh, when you're vlogging throughout the day and stuff? Yeah, I used to. Um, 
I used to, because I was just so afraid that I would miss a story, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to end up regretting not bringing it. So, um, now I still bring it and it's great because phones are so good now. Right. Um, so at the very least I always have something to record with, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, obviously mean that I'm recording everything. Right. So do you have like an iPhone or something you use or? Yeah, I have, um, I have my, um, Sony ZV one, which is like okay. my fancier, smaller camera. Mm-hmm. And then my iPhone, what, 12, 10. Okay. Yep. I forget uh, which one it is. <laughs> it's always amazing to me what kind of video can come out of the phone because it's like, man, I just spent $1,500 on a camera yeah. and then I, I see people post videos on their phone. It's like, man, that looks pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's so, so good. And yep. the stabilization is so good now too. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really, I hate to say this, but it's leveling the playing field. And, and I feel like software is doing that too, as far as even like Canva, I mean, I can, yeah, uh, I know. like all the people who are so in depth with Photoshop, it's all amazing, but it seems like the software is making it easier and easier to do that same type of stuff. So I don't know. It's, Definitely. uh, it's kind of a good, good thing for content creators. Cause it seems like it's all uh, streamlining workflow and that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. you're, you're, uh, I know Tom said something about, he liked to fly drones. Are you a drone person? No. Nope, not at all. Um, I haven't even tried. Okay. I think he let me fly the drone once, um, but I'm more of like, this would be a good drone shot. Okay, yep. <laughs> like, bring your drone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you ever been to CES? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, and that's something, I don't know if that's going on this year, but I, I saw that Sony was going to be releasing a new drone, and that uh, kind of inspired me because I've got a Sony a6400 and I thought, oh man, that would be awesome if you could put a camera like that onto a drone instead of having the small sensor size. But I was, yeah. I was thinking, uh, maybe you were a drone person too, and might have some insight on that. But, uh, well, uh, before I let you go, I've always got yeah. a little lightning round at the end and these cool. are just quick questions. Uh, uh, let's get right into it. Favorite camera of all time. Canon S110. If you could collaborate with anyone on the platform, who would it be? Um, Sharla in Japan. Okay. And what kind she's of... She's ca- like a... She's a vlogger. Okay. She's Canadian, but she's been living in Japan for a couple years. So she wow. has a vlog channel about her life in Japan. Okay, that's very cool. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you might have touched on this earlier. Favorite game on Nintendo Switch? Did I say what my favorite game was? I would probably say Mario Odyssey. Okay. How about Mario Kart? Yeah. Do you play that ever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. like that one too. Oh, cool. All right. If someone said you could go on vacation for a week, all expenses paid, where would you go? Japan. Okay. <laughs> Favorite sport? Uh, what is my favorite sport? I'm not really into sports. So okay. does esports count? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I know that's becoming a big uh, thing. I know I was talking, I was doing a drone project for the college in town, and they were talking about an another college around here that was actually building a facility for esports, And I thought, wow, that's amazing that it's come this far already. But uh, I know it's a yeah. huge, huge industry. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Favorite restaurant? Uh, McDonald's. Okay. Uh, fun fact, uh, our town, we've got a, a small town, Valley City, North Dakota. We're going to be having a McDonald's open up this month for the first time. So oh, that's wow. Gonna be ex- oh, wow. That's big, crazy. Big news for us. Yep. That's very exciting. Yay. All right. If you could recommend a book, what would it be? Uh, let's see. Limitless by Jim Quick. Okay. K-W-I-K. Uh, it's about, it's a book about motivation, but it's also, um, the writer Jim had like two brain injuries and, you know, all growing up was convinced that he would never, um, be able to learn or read or operate at like, you know, normal speed and just learned how to learn. Okay. And that's what the book is. It's got like speed reading techniques, memorization techniques, um, how to find your motivation, all these things. It's really good. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check that out. This Mm -hmm. next one is tough. Uh, if YouTube made you a deal that you could have 30 million subscribers overnight, but you had to make content on a subject that you absolutely hate for the rest of your life, would you take that deal? Nah. Yep. I, that for me too. Absolutely not. (laughs) It's just, it's like literally rephrase that question to like, would I want to sell my soul? Right. You that's, know what I mean? that's when I was writing so, that question, I was like, oh, this is terrible. I don't know who would do this, but uh, you never know. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I know a lot of people that would, and I, and I don't blame them. You know, it's, it's like, whatever, it's your thing, like do whatever you want. But yep. I just like, for me, I, I would so rather have a, a smaller community that's engaged. Right. And I just think at 30 million, it's like totally, it's like a, <laughs> a whole life change, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Last one. What piece of tech or software has made the biggest improvement on your workflow over the past year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably, probably Tom's Canon 60 Mark II. I would okay. have never use this thing, but he got, he got another Canon EOS R. And so this was just sitting on the shelf and I was like, okay, can you teach me how to use this? Awesome. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that really leveled up the quality of, of my videos for sure. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being on my podcast tonight. Uh, hopefully we can have you on again in the future at some point. Um, for all of my listeners, yeah. where could they find you? They can find me on YouTube at Heather Ramirez. And on Instagram and Twitter at Heather Just Create. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much, Preston.